Hey there, gorgeous, gorgeous weirdos. How are you today? All right, so here's the thing. Here's the deets. How are you? How have you been? How has it been going this week for you? You know, um, did you get to meet any kind of goals you set for yourself? Did you just chill and existed this week? Um, I feel that's kind of the vibe. You know, and also, is there any change? How do you feel about that change? And, you know, just kind of take a moment, let that set in, kind of check in with yourself. Uh, you know, because we're, you know, checking in with ourselves and making sure that we are okay before anybody else is okay. Got it? Good. All right. So, this week for me is my check-in. <laughs> um... Definitely better than last week. I don't know. Uh, we made a breakthrough. I guess. Sure. Um, I've been chilling. Pretty much just existing. But like mostly like it's been feeling good. I was hard on myself this week um, at work. And it was nothing about the work that I was doing. It was just I was rough on myself. Because I'm a perfectionist. As I've said before. I want things to go a certain way. I have certain expectations for myself um, in the jobs I do in, you know, in day-to-day -day life, you know, everybody has a set of expectations for themselves and I got called out. Um, I made a simple mistake. It was just like getting the wrong number. All right. So I made a simple mistake and I felt like shit for it. I was like, Oh, and like my boss told me is like, hey, just fix it and resent it. It's not a big deal. I felt like if I made another mistake that day, I was going to get fired. And that's on overthinking. And the entire day for at least two days, I was just sitting there overthinking. I was sitting there beating myself up. And then after beating myself up, I was rewarding myself with, hey, you're only human hey, you got to do this. Like, you are just one person and the call out wasn't even that, like, you know, just talking yourself in and out of things. It was a rough day, but I feel like that's what we needed to like get through. And, you know, I was like super honest. I don't know what it is about my job. I think it's the culture. It's just different than anything I've ever had. Way more healthier, way just better. And I was like honest with them because like, why the hell am I going to hide, you know? And this is a first job where, like, I feel comfortable where I don't have to, like, be on or perform all the time. And if you know, you know, there are some times where you're just sitting there and you need to perform and you just don't feel like performing, you know? At this job, I don't feel like I need to perform to make friends or perform or, you know, to get the job done. I can just get my job done, be myself. And that's perfectly fine. So I was honest with them. I told them what I was dealing with, as you should do with your supervisors, obviously to an extent. And it was great. He was like, hey, don't worry about it. Like, if you feel like that, like that happens all the time, you know, call outs, like that's why we do them. We tell you to fix it. And it's a learning experience. Like you're just starting. And I'm like, yo, facts. Like I'm too hard on myself, you know, and it is what it is. We're trying our best every day. And my friends, my gorgeous, gorgeous weirdos, <laughs> you know, like, 
that's the thing. Life is a learning experience. And I embraced that today. Also, I embraced a semi-problematic term, phrase, if you will, that my work friend told me when she saw me. I was like, I'm too, I'm, I'm too anxious to travel to my mom's home country. Because it's like, it's not a good situation, personally. And I'm just, it, it is what it is, right? I'm like, I'm too anxious to be dealing with people knowing I'm American and trying to make money off of me, you know? So she's like, you're too pretty to be anxious. And I'm like, you know what? I am too fucking pretty. So that's what we're going with. And it really put things into perspective. Also, I'm on like this kind of like high because I got a tattoo today. I mean, this is my second tattoo in as many months, I think. Yes. So I got one I've always wanted. It was super cute. And the thing about me and tattoos and I'm going on tangents, of course. It's fine. I have been always fascinated. Oh my god, a guy with tattoos. Oh, fucking kill me. That shit is hot as fuck. I find tattoos absolutely fascinating. Oh, we have guests today. Sorry about that. I, you know, I have my two kids. I like to live moves around the house and they have a mind of their own. So, anyways, back to the tattoos. I find tattoos absolutely hot as fuck, and I've been denying myself them because uh, my mother said she would disown me if I ever got one. My first one was dedicated to her, um, and now I have a plan. I'm going to do sleeve on my arm and my leg, um, opposite sides. It's just like a whole thing. I'm so excited. But I got my second one today, and it's one I've always wanted. It's a book with um, that's open, and then it's Akatar inside. If you know, you know, and it's basically like the night court, but like modern. I absolutely love it. It's the most amazing tattoo I've gotten so far, and I'm so excited to get more. Um, I have a couple quotes from books that I absolutely adore that I'm so excited to get. It's just like placement I'm working on. But enough about tattoos. I also rediscovered this week that I actually made an antidote notes on my phone and I thought it would be funny if we would go through it together right before we get into our topic. And yes, we're getting a little bit tangenty, but, um, you know, like I'm really excited about our topic and I'm also really excited about this list. And I kind of rambled on my check-in, which is fine because um, I haven't told you guys yet. Um, and I, sh- I feel like we should have some expectations as one does. Um, there is no posting schedule. There is no time limit. There is no requirements or predecessors or any kind of guidelines for this. It is literally, I'm just posting and have fun. You know, like um, if I put too much requirements on it, I'm just not going to do it. And then I'll feel like a failure. And that's not good. So I don't, we're just gonna, we're just posting, you know, what it is, what it is, my guy. I don't know what to tell you. Anyways, <laughs> thought I would say that. So you guys know, don't ever expect anything from me except what I give you. Thank you. Um, so back to the notes. So I have an antidote for the pod. Okay. So at Walmart. Okay. So at my local Walmart, 
This is what I wrote down. Walmart guy that makes sure he calls every girl my beautiful queen. And yes, this is true. So I live in um, an area in Miami. All right. And I have a Walmart nearby. And there's this guy. Um, he's probably from the Caribbean. And I'm not racist. This is just an identification. Okay. He's probably from the Caribbean, probably in his like 60s or something. He's a Walmart greeter. He's been working there since that Walmart opened like three, five years ago. He is the sweetest man. And he's supposed to check your receipt. But when he sees you, he goes, have a great day, my beautiful queen. And I'm like, yo, like, thank you. Like, you too, my guy. Like, you know, sometimes I just don't talk to him. And it's just like the social anxiety. But also, it's just like, my guy, thank you for calling me a beautiful, beautiful queen. I appreciate it, you know? It, it just like, especially like if you're feeling down or you're doubting yourself, I feel like I should, I just go to Walmart just so that I see the guy and I'm like, you know, he's going to call me a queen, possibly, you know? He's not going to check my receipt, but he's going to call me, he's going to call me a queen. Um, The second one, oh my God. This is kind of old technically, but do you guys see that beef with Elmo and Zoe and Rocco? Listen, <laughs> I was a Sesame Street, like, access cable person. Like, I watch PBS like nobody's fucking business. The beef with Elmo and Rocco is unbelievable, and I fucking love it. It's everything to me. I love... I love that whole situation. And then I watched the interview because this is at this point is the algorithm on my TikTok. And I watched the interview um, with him and the girl from E! News. And he goes, this is a sticking point, Francesca. Like, I, I, <laughs> Elmo knows Rocco is a rock. And Zoe believes that Rocco is real. And I, you know... It's like when you identify with a puppet, you know? I identify as Elmo. <laughs> Talking about Rocco. Like, that shit's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, Twitter changed some things at some point in time between when I started this and today. They have this new thing called Twitter Spaces. I saw it one day. I'm a very avid Twitter user. And my guy... <laughs> I was waiting for the beef, honestly. Um, but it looks like it's just like a live platform that mostly nobody uses because there's no point. And to this point, I find Twitter fucking hilarious as every time they try to do something and all their another social media does. Like at the same time that Instagram came out with stories, Twitter came out with stories. And they were both copying Snapchat, but only Instagram was successful and Twitter got bullied into taking it down. And I thought that was hilarious because like the thing is that, OK, Instagram, we will roast them to no end for doing stupid shit, but we'll still do it. You know what I mean? But with Twitter, it's like the dark web in a sense, because like ooh, the audience will roast the shit out of Twitter, call it and make fun of it all at once. And then three days later, it's like Twitter listens and solves the problem. Because I think it didn't even last like a month and it was gone. And that was hilarious to me. 
Um, oh, yeah. Um, so I got bored of my job and then I was like reading the news a lot. This was before I started actually getting busy. Again, I'm new at my job, so it is what it is. Um, but I was reading the news and Adele at the Brit Awards, there was like this whole thing, I guess, with not identifying with the genders, being uh, respective of non-binary, whatever. And I totally get that. Totally valid. Love that for us. You know, progression. But she got slammed for liking that she's a woman. And I think that's hilarious. Also, I'm not going to stop unless it gets too loud with the kids because they try each other, I swear. Anyways, <laughs> so I thought that was stupid that Adele gets slammed because she likes who she is. Like, she's not talking shit about non-binary or, like, anybody else that identifies as anybody else. And neither am I. Like, do you, you know? It's a big blue world out there. And do what you gotta do to get through the day. Like, if you identify as a banana, totally get that. Love that for you, you know? Like, live your life. I am no one to judge. But, you know, at the same time, like, we're getting a little bit ridiculous with it, don't you think? Like, we're looking for excuses at this point. Um, oh, yeah, okay. The next one is Joe Rogan. What's up with that? I'm sorry. Um, but if you're taking medical counsel from Joe Rogan, I feel like we need to not blame Spotify or Joe or the medical community doesn't need to, you know, chime in because I feel like that's a you problem because like, let's be real. Joe Rogan is, is, never was a medical professional. If like you say like, okay, he like studied med school or like he was interning to become a doctor. Okay, I'll give it to you. Sure. He should know better. But Broski, before he was a podcaster, before he was a comedian or whatever he was, he was a commenter for sports news. Like... If you take medical counsel from someone who did sports commentary, I feel like you should reevaluate your life choices on that end, right? Because like if Kristen Stewart, which I love her, I'm obsessed with her. If Kristen Stewart comes to me tomorrow on Twitter, wherever, she goes, I, you know, don't drink orange juice. Because it causes cancer. And I'm like, so what medical journal did you read? And she doesn't respond to these questions. She's like, no, it's just facts. Like, look at it. Everybody who drinks orange juice has cancer. And that doesn't make sense, my guy. Like, listening to these celebrities and their opinions are completely valid. I totally get that. But to actually follow what they say, like not getting a medical thing. And I know there's so much like retribution around the vaccine and, you know, have your opinions, do what you want. But like, did you question when you had to get a polio vaccine or any of the other vaccines that were required by law so you can attend school? No. Right. So I don't understand the big tiff, but that's my personal opinion. Anyway, so... That's my thought on that. Don't listen to Joe Rogan. If you do, you're honestly an idiot. I'm sorry. 
And the last one. Okay, so I've really got into eating baby carrots recently because I don't know, I'm on a fucking health kick. It's the beginning of the year, New Year's resolution, whatever. Um, I was like <laughs> eating it aggressively one of these days and I was thinking about how people say that the force it takes for you to eat a baby carrot is the same force it takes for you to bite off a human finger and more to that point at the same time as I was eating these baby carrots and thinking about that I was thinking about a situation where I would actually have to bite off a finger and it's very far and few between but like I'm also me and this feels like something that would happen like a situation where you actually have to bite someone's finger off like how would you try to convince yourself psychologically that that's a baby carrot so you use the same force um because it doesn't taste like one and it's not acting like one baby carrots are fucking hard fingers are like soft and gooey like you you just have to sit there and be like this is a weird fucking carrot like, why is this carrot so squishy? Is it bad? Why am I eating this rotten carrot? Oh my God, it's gushing. Like, I can't, like, I was trying to reconcile that for like hours. And I I don't know if anybody else had this thought, but that's the thought I had. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. And I thought I would share it with you guys. If you think I'm super weird, well, um, sorry, not sorry. You know what you signed up for. Anyways, okay, so we're going to get into our topic. Um, I have not spoiled it at all, which I'm very proud of. Um, I'm very bad with spoilers. It's just, it's not a talent of mine, you know? But our topic today is, um, I'm going to be a com- I'm I'm quitting my job. Uh, this is a forewarning. And I'm becoming a con woman. It's already decided. It's my future. Um, I feel like I'm destined because... Um, my favorite movie, one of well, one of my top ten. It's not my ultimate favorite. One of my top ten is Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio, and I absolutely love everything about that movie from beginning to end. I just I love the music. I love the cinematography. I love the plot. Are you fucking kidding me? Someone actually in real life did this, and I find that absolutely insane. He conned millions out of major corporations, and. He was 16. Like, that's wild. That's wild. He faked himself into being a pilot. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I can't. I'm not over it. I'm still not over it. And that was, like, years ago. I still watch it whenever I can. But, you know, uh, we, we've moved on to bigger and better things. And speaking on that, we've moved on to the Tinder Swindler and Inventing Anna. Now, this is a joint situation, so they're both going to be talked about today. Basically, let's compare them first off. Right? You would think Tender Swindler is a documentary. Inventing Anna is a seasoned show loosely or concretely based off of true events. As Shonda likes to say... Everything in this story is absolutely true, except the parts that are absolutely made up. Right? Cool. So there's that. Oh, let me preface. There are going to be spoilers. I am actually deep diving because I was finishing both of these. I saw them back to back. And um, I'm detailing things because I also commented. I was like literally typing on my laptop my commentations instead of on Twitter. 
um, my thoughts, you know? So, um, if you don't want to spoil it for yourself, or if you, like, if you want to see it and you don't want me to spoil it for you, most stuff, they're both on Netflix, have fun, um, but stop listening, you know? Um, if you don't care about spoilers and you just want to hear me ramble on about this, have fun, my guy, and keep listening. Okay? So, going back. Inventing Anna and Tinder Swindler, they're the same thing. Except one's a man and one's a woman. And they both signed up for two separate different types of offers, I guess, to put their stories up. Right? I think Tinder Swindler didn't get paid, honestly. But I feel like Anna did because they even took her Instagram name. She has a new Instagram now. And yes, she's out. She's been out since February 2021. She's been out for a year. And now she's in Germany. I don't know if she's back in the States. But based on her stories, it kind of looks like she's back in New York. So, um, they're con con artists beating the system. These two people... You know, you look at their stories, like, you look at their backstories, like, Anna came from a solid nuclear family in Germany. I mean, they were from Russia, granted, like, um, you know, they don't really speak about their past that much, but it's a pretty normal nuclear family. And I feel like the same situation happened for our dude, the Tinder Swindler, you know? I'm going to call him Swindler. I don't remember his real name. You can look it up. It's not. I, I, I don't have the patience for that. So the Swindler looks like he had a more normal life. He had like a small apartment. Like um, the thing is that he's been doing that since he was 16. But so has Anna. Like Anna really made her mark when she was in her 20s. But she's been conning people since she was 15, 16. Even if it was in high school. Even her parents were like, yo, she always wanted the finest clothes. She wanted the most expensive shit. And we didn't know what to do. Like, we gave it to her. But, like, obviously because you want the best for your kid. But, like, there comes a point where you can't afford a $600 dress from Gucci. Because you just, that's rent, my dude. Like, why would you spend that on a dress? Like, when it's, like, rent or food for your family. Like, you know, like, there's, there, there comes a line, at least, um, and she didn't see it, she wanted it all, man, and so did he, so, I firmly believe con artistry, and it is an art, is a special gift, and you're born with it, it's not something, is it something you can learn? Of course, granted, but, you're born with that kind of charisma, that kind of energy, that kind of infectiousness that just gravitates people towards you, that they just believe what you say and there's nothing that they could do to stop themselves. Like, let's be real. Anna and Swindler both are super smart. Like, Anna had an iodetic memory and... Nyadetic memory means like it's better than uh like it's like photographic but better because she can repeat it exactly as how it's stated on the paper. And that is insane from like looking at it briefly. She can tell you exactly what happened. As if she wrote it herself, you know? 
I can't speak on Swindler's intelligence because we don't really go into it, but dude has fucking smarts. Like, he created this entire narrative that he knew would work on these women. Anna created this whole situation, like, she created a whole person, a whole embodiment of who she is and where she came from, and she just knew things. And she was able to think quick on her feet. She was able to figure out the system before it even figured her out. And that's amazing. Like, you can't tell me these people didn't have, you know, the smarts there. Like, they're insanely intelligent. And, you know, at that point, when you're insanely intelligent and you want things and you see no way out, I feel like this was their only way they knew how to get out. Now, like in their own way, again, with these things, they probably have their own mental problems because for sure at the end of the show, Anna was spiraling like she was spiraling hella out of control. When someone even mentioned money, it was like a trigger for her. And I don't know why, but definitely, definitely, definitely she has some issues. Swindler, I feel like he's on a bit of psychotic break when he was dealing with these women, when he was doing what he was doing. Because, like, how are you going to wake somebody up at 3 a.m. to tell them that you fucking got beat up, that you're fine, but you're beat up? Like, that is next-level manipulation that I have not personally experienced. I know a lot of people do. But, like, the amount of psychosis that you have to go through to just get to that point to try to hook somebody in to care about you are you fucking kidding me like i can't i can't so like you know both of these people they have special gifts and you know even if you don't use it you're born with it baby you're born with that kind of charisma you're born with that kind of attractiveness and even if you're not conventional it's just part of who you are and If you didn't use it before and then you start using it as in you're taught the way of the con, and then once you get like, it's kind of like doing drugs as, so there's another show called Imposters. It's excellent. You guys should see it on Netflix as well. They say that once you get the taste for the con, you can't go back. And these two got the taste for the con, and they made the con their fucking bitch. All right? And I find that absolutely insane and absolutely badass. I have my issues with Anna. She's super annoying, but complete badass. Um, you know, like, and you ask yourselves, like, what makes them so addicting, so attractive? Like, even if they're ugly as fuck, like... Adam Sandler isn't a looker, but, you know, he gets all the hotties, probably. It's because he's funny, but, like, facts. Like, what is it about these people that just makes them so iconic, so attractive to us, you know? Um, Okay, so we're going to go into inventing Anna first because she is my biggest, you know, uh, my biggest fish. Uh, It was a nine our well i mean it's a nine episode limited series so it's actually essentially it's nine hours um 
it's made by Shonda Rhimes, and Shonda Rhimes has turned into the Adam Sandler of drama. She has her own uh, studio called, now called Shonda Media, which I appreciate. She's a badass woman, and I appreciate all the efforts and her amazing skill to write these narratives. It's just absolutely stunning. Um, and it was absolutely stunningly written. Um, and just my thoughts on the show. Really quick, again, I'm reading off of notes, so if you hear um, it's me trying to figure out what I want to say with what I have down. So first off, you know, Eventiana, if you don't already know, she's a 26-year-old girl who cons basically New York into giving her millions um, just because she just knows how to talk to people, you know? She, she ruled that city. You can't tell me no. She ruled it. Somehow or another, before she got arrested, she ruled New York City. And I applaud her for that. That shit's badass. Now, on the show itself, like, the show, um, the actors, the pick was amazing. Great way. Like, I really believe their characters. It was a solid, solid show. It wasn't, like, a lot of fake acting. And it's because, like, Shonda recycled kind of, like, again, I can't help but to compare her by Adam Sandler where she did recycle people that she used from uh, Grey's Anatomy. I did see a lot of people from Scandal and um, actually also some from How to Get Away with Murder, I think. Um, But it was a lot from Scandal and then sprinkles from Grey's. And I absolutely, I appreciate it for it. Like, you know, use the most you have to your advantage. Like you already have these connections with these amazing actors. Use it. I'm not telling you no. I just, I couldn't help but the entire time compare her to Adam Sandler. Because that's what he does. He recycles his buddies in his movies. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like he already made it a staple for himself. And I feel like that's what she's going to do. But she's going to do it better. Because, like, this is so well written. It's in fucking sane. Um, Shonda definitely delivered with that script. Those words. Oh, baby girl. I'm a, I'm a fight. You know, um, she absolutely delivered with recycled cast. You know, the cinematography, the way it was shot, the way she kind of did um, like a hats off to her previous projects, like Grey's Anatomy, where she had the first part that had the, the voiceover that she had. You know, the way it was shot, that some parts were like scandal kind of, and the cutscenes. It was just amazing. Like the way everything was put together. Now that we're done with that, let's get down to the actual plot, the characters. First, my first initial thought off the bat Anna was the most annoying fucking bitch alive. She was a badass. She was mean. I love her, but like, she was the most annoying character to me. Like, I just have respect for her. Number two, Rachel can go suck a dick. Like, I'm going to be real with you. Like, I hated Rachel. And personally, it's not the actor. I just think, like, I don't like the vibe that she always gives off when she acts. Because I also didn't like her character in Scandal. But, like, honestly, the way Rachel did Anna, like, fuck her. And even if Anna, you know, did some shit to Rachel, like, 
let's be real. A con artist only cons you if you're if you want to be conned. And I know that as a woman, you know, it sucks to say that. Super cringy, super problematic. But a con artist looks for something in you. They know what you want. And like Neff says in the show, you either want power, image, love, or money. That's it. Those are the four things you will ever want, especially like in a big city, right? Power, image, love, and money. That's all we're fighting for. So what do you want from her to get one of these four things? Whether it just be those four things or something else. You want something from Anna, so she's going to take that to an advantage to make you work for her. Like, Rachel wanted image. More than anything, she wanted image. Like, she wanted a post about it. She was crazy about it. Like, she was like, oh my god, we gotta go to these Louis Vuitton gardens. The Louis Vuitton gardens, like, in Morocco, like, I was about to fucking shoot her with those fucking gardens, you know? Like, I'm like, yo, it's fucking plants. Like, I feel like we're okay. You know? If you want plants, there's a garden outside in the, in the hotel. That's ten times better than the actual garden that you wanted to go to. Right? So... Rachel really took advantage of that. Um, She was all buddy-buddy with Anna. And then at this one turn, mind you, I know what it's like. I know her position. It's like, if I'm out 60K too, like, I'd be fucking pissed off. But at the same time, no one told her to put down her credit card. Nobody told her to go to Morocco. Like... If you can't afford to fit the bill yourself, why the hell are you going on these vacations? Like, I personally would never put myself in a position where I can't afford where I go, even if someone is paying for me, on the off chance that they can't, you know? Like, I would never put myself in that position, so I don't know why she would ever put herself in a position where she can't afford to pay back $60,000. Are you kidding me? And then she blames it on her? And on top of that, she made deals off of her. Fuck you, bitch. Like, she ended up making, what was it, like $600,000 off of Anna's story. And on top of that, she she's the one that got Anna arrested. Are you fucking kidding me? Nah, bruh. Fake ass. Like, she wants, like, I told my, my best friend earlier, because she's also watching the show. She's like, she wants... To be a big dog. She wants to be uh, in that, you know, gossip girl type of life. But she acts like she's, where, she's like, you know, making six figures when she's really making barely, barely five. You know? And, like, like, know your place, my dude. Like, you know, you used Anna just as much as she used you. Don't, don't act any kind of different, you know? It's all kinds of fucked up. So that's my thoughts on Rachel. Anna, as I said, she was super annoying, but, like, she also, like, not only did she fuck over all these people, I'm not going to tell you, no, she did, she fucked up all these people, but she also inspired them to kind of get out of the rut they're in, and she even recognized that they were in a rut, and she made them go after what they actually wanted, you know, Alan was literally dying in his corporate life. Like, yes, he was making $2,000 an hour. Whatever. 
but his soul was dead. You could see it. And then the more that Anna kind of like conned him, kind of showed him the other side of the coin, the side of the coin was like, fucking live your life, bro. Like, don't just live for your job. And, you know, I take that a heart. Like, I'm still trying to not live for my job. I want to live my life, not for my job. You know what I mean? So, like, he saw that. And especially, like, with Anna's taste, the way she would talk, the way she would act. He was kind of envious about how carefree she was. And he always wanted that. And she, she knew. She knew. He wanted that freedom. So... You know, he ended up changing his entire perspective. Like you see in the beginning, he wouldn't even talk to his wife as soon as he left the house. By before Anna fucking exploded his life, he was having sex with her in the morning. Like the progression of saving his marriage, of going out on the town with his, the girl he loved, like that is wild. The next one is Neff. You know, like, Neff, that's my girl, like, represent, love her energy, love everything she's there for. And she really got inspired with Anna because she's always been a true friend. You know, she stuck with her through thick and thin. And, you know, at the end of the day, as fake as Anna was, she was the real deal. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Like, she could have conned the entire world, had not a dime to her name. But she was a real deal. And that's all facts. You know, and even though she kind of fucked with Neff, but she was the only one, like, Neff was the only one Anna ever paid back. Number one. Number two, like, yeah, Neff didn't have the $3,000 that she needed for her movie. But guess what? Um, She ended up making her movie anyways. Because having that loss of her security of those that money that she lost with Anna, those $3,000. Like, even her boyfriend was like, you don't need that money. You can shoot it off your fucking phone. You know, like, you're making excuses for yourself. And, you know, getting in that situation really just brought it out of her. And now she's a director for something, I think. You know, and Vivian Loki. Okay, so Vivian is the reporter. Also not a huge fan. She's okay. You know, like, eh. she's just, like, whiny. I don't appreciate it. Um, so Vivian also low-key, she inspired her to dress better. Like, with her researching Anna, like, she still dressed the way she dressed in the beginning. But at the end, she really carried, like, even before she gave birth, she really carried herself differently. She even redid her hair because Anna told her that her hair looked fucked up. You know? Like, she started to care more about herself and her image going forward because she knew that it mattered, especially in the world that she's in, you know, and Anna really showed her that, you know, VIP, you know, it is what it's cracked up to be because it's better, you know, and I love it because Vivian didn't do a Devil Wears Prada kind of situation where she kind of lost who she was by the end of the movie, you know, she really kept true to herself and kept true to what she was, but she did step up her game and I feel that's partly because of Anna because of that influence Anna had over her speaking on the influence my guy the 
absolute addiction and all-consuming, like, need to please that Hannah instilled on Vivian and her lawyer. And what was this, Paul? No, Paul was, who was it? Todd, oh my God, Todd. The absolute toxic relationship between Todd, Vivian, and Anna was crazy. Dude, she got out of prison and they were even making plans with her. Like she wasn't even out. They were still deliberating the verdict. And they were like, oh, we'll all go to dinner, the five of us. Todd skipped out on his family vacation for this bitch. And she was already convicted. Vivian lost the first couple months with her kid over Anna. And here's the thing. It's a perfect example of what I was talking about. Anna saw what they wanted and she gave it to them. She used that to its complete advantage. Anna saw the desperation. Even if she realized or not, she saw the desperation Vivian had. She saw the desperation Todd had. To perfect their image. To increase their image. In the sense that, you know, Vivian fell because of this one article she she wrote a couple years back Todd is constantly living in his wife's shadow and she sees it later that that's exactly what they need based on when they speak to her but like they took it so far as to actually almost ruin their lives for this you know you find out later that Todd almost has a heart attack because of his career because really this was a case that could define your career. And they knew that. And Anna knew that. And she took advantage. To the point that by the end she was in jail. Living her life as you know an inmate. And they were breaking their heads. As to what to do next with their lives. Because Anna was so deeply intertwined. With how they lived. You know. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. Oh. Okay so there's this. Um this part at the end where Anna talks to Todd's kid because Todd and his wife are in a discussion. This is right before the final trial where the verdict is given and um, she's upset that he will not pack or go on the vacation because he needs to see this this trial through and completely understandable you know, I understand the workaholic life as much as anybody else. It's just hilarious um, that he finds that so important. But, you know, she has a point. You know, like, that case will still be there when he gets back. That has nothing to do with him. And on top of that, like, think about it. Are you really gonna miss out on a family vacation because of some girl who got convicted no that's insane and there was a phone call back to the point i'm sorry there was a phone call and it was anna of course it was anna 
Um, but Todd didn't pick up. Neither did his wife. It was his kid, his son. And, you know, they have the conversation and Anna gives the kid some advice. She's like, they're going to feel guilt and shame because they fought. And you can use that to your advantage to get whatever you want. That kid is eight years old, very impressionable. So giving that kid advice kind of fucked up. I mean, all the power to you. Do what you want to do. But she should have never done that. That was not okay for me. Because that just, that will hurt him more than help him, you know, at the end. Um, oh, I love seeing Anna's progression in the entire show. Of like when she was confident in the con to her figuring out right before Morocco that the con is up. Like the jig is up. People are reading the room. People are reading the signs. And the jig is up, my guy. Like you are not getting away with this anymore. That is on fact. And that is really when you see her start to spike the spiral to the point where she was waiting outside um, Casey's door, her apartment, um, like, lobby, for, like, six hours, dude. That's absolutely insane. Like, no. That's, no. I would never. Meeting Anna's parents was absolutely the greatest shit ever. Like, the fact that the dad was like, listen, I am barely making it in this town because nobody wants to make a deal with the Russians. They think we're untrustworthy. And honestly, I get where they're coming from. Like, you know, Russians are Russians. You know, you hear things and you see things and Russians are Russians, but they shouldn't judge a book by its cover. The mom, super sweet, love her energy. But what broke my heart to my absolute core was when the parents were like we can't help her she's beyond us we decided long ago that we're just letting her go i'm sorry what this is your child how could you just let them go to just survive like I understand like I understand like you know Anna was just too much and she was like you know seeing the entire backstory of like her trying to figure herself out in this new country when she just moved here I mean moved to Germany at 15 from being like Russia top dog or wherever she was in Russia like I understand where she's coming from in that sense but like how can you just let her go And not get her help, you know? Like, the absolute denial that they live in. Like, that they're fine. That everything is fine. That it's not the entire town that makes up rumors and makes up stuff about them. That, you know, causes them to have more difficulties than facilities. Especially in their town, you know? Like, that's where Anna honestly got it from. If she was there for at least a couple of years, you know, like she saw what these people were doing, how they were making rumors and how they used it. She used it to her advantage. Like she had to learn these skills as a sense of survival. Absolutely. Um, 
Todd's closing statement, absolutely stellar. I thought that was the most badass closing statement. You know, absolutely tanking your client was the best thing you could do, especially in that situation, because, like, I mean, he's not wrong, you know? She was nowhere near getting this money. Number one, because she didn't have the proof. She didn't have the documentation. Like, she had the documentation, but when it came down to the physicals of them going to Germany and visiting her family, she didn't have that shit. That shit was nowhere near. Who was she going to go visit, you know? Um, Absolutely, you know, going there and absolutely slaughtering your 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 (laughs) i'm sorry i'm losing words right now your client to benefit them he was completely in the right to do that and then going in on the fact that she has no experience whatsoever and it's fact she has absolutely no experience on paper but in life that's a different story and I found that, you know, that just with those two things, that he could just discredit two of the three creditors. And I found it very, very funny that Rachel was trying to sue for her money, you know, because knowing those book deals were in and you're still trying to get your 60K, fuck you, man. Like, no. Um, okay, let's see. Oh, okay. And, you know, honestly, for the most part, um, I went down a rabbit hole, of course, um, and looked this up on Wikipedia. And don't talk shit about Wikipedia, okay? That is a story. That's a bedtime story told by teachers who don't want you to go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia has sources. And actually, most of it was factual. Um, I mean, probably all the fluff between Casey, Rachel, and what was it, Neff, you know? Probably the the beef between them, what was said with Vivian, or what was said with, like, the other rich people. That was probably fluff at that point, but, you know, at the same time... There's truth in every lie, you know? All right. That's all I have to say on freaking um, inventing Anna. That was very, very long-winded, actually. But that's what we're here for. All right. So we're on to the Tinder Swindler. And yes, my intros suck ass. But listen, it's like I'm talking to a bestie here. These are just my opinions and... You know, I, again, as I say in every episode so far, (laughs) I got this from Ladies and Tangents, by the way. I don't know if I ever gave them credit, but I know dick about shit. So just, I'm going off of everything I've seen, everything I've heard, and taking it from there. I feel like that's fair game, because that's what we all do mostly in every single conversation. But that's neither here nor there. I digress. You know, so let's go on to the Tinder swindler. All right. So this dude. okay, in my opinion, in my humble, humble opinion. I think he was kind of cute, like with the beard that that was kind of doing it for me, you know. Um, So basically, this is a guy 
who um, was born in, was in, he was originating from Tel Aviv. And then he moved out of Tel Aviv. Well, he left Tel Aviv right before his conviction and then moved to Europe. He escaped there so that he wasn't going to get arrested. And he started scamming women on Tinder. And I find this absolutely shell-shocking. I'm like, how would you even make it this far to, you know, scam these people? And I looked it up. His total steal amount is $10 million. That is how much he stole from all the women he's scam like his total takeaway 10 million easy basically what this guy does is he'll take you out on a first date and it's on this lavish it'll be like a five-star restaurant or like something super fancy with the lamborghinis and the bugattis and the fendi and the whatevers and then he goes i'd like to see you again we should do this again all right cool second date of course Take me out. You know, if you're going to spend money, spend it well with me. You know? Then, uh, for a lot of these women, it was like going to different places that he would pay for their ticket. With whose money? I don't know. But he was paying for the tickets. Um, I think one of them, uh, the main girl who, you know, was the main face for this, what is it? Hold on, I'm looking for her name. Cecile. So Cecile was her main subject for this documentary. And I say main because the story um, of this documentary really does start with her. And it centers around her beginning experience and how it brings in uh, Pernilla and uh, Aileen, you know? And that other Russian model, God knows. Oh, sorry. I have not been sleeping well lately, and we're just trying to get through it, you know? So, Cecile starts off with she really thought she was in love. And how she doesn't understand how he could have done that to her. And when you hear it... Mind you, okay, here's my thing. I'm from Miami. I was born and raised... I don't take bullshit for the most part. And men ain't shit. I'm going to tell you right now. Men ain't shit. From personal experience, men ain't shit. And I'm not saying all men. There are some decent men out there. I have met them. And they're great. Congratulations. You have won the prize. You are a golden child. But 90% of men ain't shit. I'm just telling you. And it's very hard. So, if a man comes to me after two after first date and goes, let me fly you out to California so that you can come spend the weekend on my vineyard. And I'm like, I'm sorry, who? No, sweetie. I don't feel like getting kidnapped this weekend. Thank you. Get some other bitch. I don't care. I'm... I'm, I'm, you know, we're balling on a budget. I'm poor. Like, let's be real. 
I would love to spend the weekend on a vineyard in California. Like, I would love that shit. If you fly me out and fly me back, baby, say less. Pero the amount of trust you would have to put in a person that you don't know. Because you truthfully do not know them. You are just meeting them. This is a first date. You do not know this person. And then you just go and say yes. And you meet their baby mama? On this plane? Hell the fuck no. That is a red flag. I'm sorry. If you tell me to... If you whisk me away after six months... Okay. But it's six months of knowing you. It's six months we have been through six months of life together. I feel like that's a different sense of commitment than a weekend after a first date. You know? Just a little thought so right off the meet I'm like Cecile where did you grow up to have this kind of trust in men you know and that's on daddy issues <laughs> um cause no why would the math isn't mathing for me you know and then comes the part where she goes I really thought he loved me I'm like girl you really played into that love con, huh? And it's not like they were seeing each other every day. The fact was is that he took her for the second date and then he travels a lot. So it was mostly a long distance relationship. And I'm not coughing it up to long distance relationships. It's just like it's not the same as an actual relationship. On top of that, like you saw later when he was ignoring you. For like a good two days. He had ghosted her and she's like, oh my god, he didn't like me. And I'm like, oh my god, you're in love with love and have no sense of boundaries for yourself. You know? Um, When you saw he was ghosting you, obviously give up. Like, why am I going to keep asking for a man's attention like that? Like, I personally don't need it. Like, if he's done, I'm done. Like, fuck you. I am a prize. You know, I'm too pretty to be begging for a man's attention. You see how that works? You see, like, it's problematic, yes, but, like, it just works. Anyways, um, so, like, she sees that he changed his complete Tinder profile. And I'm like, if you see this, I feel like this is a red flag. This is a field of red flags for me. But no, she stays. And he confirms, obviously, I love you. You're the only one for me. What are you talking about? It's you and me against the world. And the thing is that I can't... The lies are so easily seen. Like, he's never there. What, through the phone? Okay, that's fine. That that works to an extent. But when it comes to building a life with somebody, there needs to be more human contact, at least in the beginning, at least for the first three months. Y'all need to be attached to the hip for something. I don't know. That's my personal opinion. And then he goes, I think it's, I don't know the timeline, but, and then he goes and he does what I mentioned earlier. He calls her up. It's like 3 a.m. Missed call. Calls her again. Missed call. Then he sends a voice note. This dude in his fucking voice notes. He's like, I just got beat up by my enemies. And my bodyguard got hit in the head. 
sends her pictures. Not that she asked, but he sends her pictures of blood and knife. And I think there was like a huge gash on his forehead in the back of his head. Like uh, Swindler had blood all over his shirt. And I'm like, are you kidding me? If someone sent me 3 a.m. pictures of him and his bodyguard, all bloody, I would, first of all, I don't have my red receipts on, so nobody can come for me. (laughs) And second of all, I would just look at it and I'm like, this seems like a tomorrow problem. And I would go back to bed. The fuck do I look like? Dealing with something like that, like, you can love, like, I don't understand, like, I don't know if it's that I haven't really been in a relationship or something, because I do love people in my life, and if something had happened to my best friend, something happened to my mom or my dad, like, obviously, I would, you know, do what I can to help them in this situation, but there comes a point where it's just like, you want my help. Or you just want to tell me so that I feel bad for you. You know? And you it's so hard to identify the two. But it's just like a very different language. And it takes a while to, fi- to figure it out. Because at first, I was like, you know, I at first you can be like, oh my god, are you okay? And then like, if he goes, yes, yes, I'm fine. If he's texting you, sending you pictures voice noting you he's obviously fine if it was really urgent it would be a phone call you know like if he's voice noting you sending you pictures like um constantly like keeping that back and forth for that moment where you're trying to figure out what's going on and why you're in blood and who's after you first of all he's vegas fuck i'm sorry if you have enemies that need to get your money, like, that sounds like a you problem, my guy, I don't know why you need money from me, you know, secondly, like, if he's sending all that stuff, he's obviously using it to manipulate you, and it's not a, I need help, it's a woe is me, look at me, pity me, so that you do what I want. Because after this point, she goes, how are you supposed to be okay after seeing someone you love get hurt? And I go, hold up, sweetie. Someone you love? Baba, you haven't even been with this person for two weeks. And you love them? Okay, sure. Not just that. You don't know anything about this person. Like, let's be real. She doesn't know anything. She doesn't know where his family came from, nothing like that. Like, you don't know, like, this person because you haven't been able to be with them. It's very different. A phone conversation, a texting conversation, you can do whatever you want over phones. You know why? Because the tone, the the way it's perceived, the way you can use words to manipulate someone to so easily do what you want. This is a prime example. You know? And, like, you know, like, she obviously did not... Like, you've now instilled this trauma of your enemies over this woman 
who's just looking for love. And that's not okay. Because now you're putting her in danger and you don't even know it. And my, you have, and he has zero enemies. Like, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. It's very manipulative, very gaslighting, very psychotic and toxic, you know? Like, I know. Ew. Um, here we go. Just willingness. Oh, okay, yes. The way they were, and like, you know, at the same time, when he was asking for all this money, he was just using it to to fuck other girls, to be with other girls. Like, even... You know, she was giving him $10,000, $15,000, $25,000 every other week. And he was in, in Europe with Pernilla and his new girlfriend fucking on yachts every day. Like, uh, going here and there on excursions. Like, are you kidding me? And while she's busting her ass wherever she is to make sure that you can get this loan man holiday this is why men ain't shit you know um and it was just like how do you get to a point to trust somebody with money i feel like i could be married for five years and i will never give this man a dime of my paycheck unless it's in a joint account let me tell you because like she off the bat gives him ten thousand dollars i'm sorry why I understand money is arbitrary, that we literally made it up for no fucking reason. Completely understand that. But why would you give somebody $10,000 of your hard-earned money? Whether they needed it or not. Like, I don't understand. Like, unless they are blood-related to you. And even then, even then, why are you giving up money? Like, no. Like, if some boy ever came up to me, because that's all men are, boys. They're all boys. If a boy came up to me and was like, hey, baby girl, I need $10,000 because I'm in trouble. I'm going to be like, oh, you need 10000 I need twenty. <laughs> Where are we going to go? Who are we going to ask? Are you going to get a sugar, a sugar mama because I need a sugar daddy? You know? Because, no, like, do I look like a bank to you? Hell no. Go get a loan. Go go deal with Chase or, like, Bank of America or some shit. I don't know, but don't come here. That had me all kinds of twisted. Like, the fact that he not only gave her instilling this trauma, because uh, all these girls, Pernilla, Cecile, and Aileen, like, they all had to look by they were paranoid up the ass after the enemies are after me event that's just facts facts on facts they were all kinds of traumatized that's not okay and i know i'm going on really long i'm i'm kind of losing it i called her stupid and she's not stupid listen all these women are not stupid I personally don't agree with them just feeling like they need to give money like this. Like, I understand money is arbitrary, sure. But there comes a point where if somebody's asking you for money, 
maybe think twice. Especially reevaluate the relationship you're having to make that comfortable decision to even do that. And also, don't give out of your means. That's just idiotic, you know? Because then you put yourself in more trouble. Like, Cecile is still trying to pay off the $100,000 that he stole from her. I'm not even kidding. And I applaud Pernilla and Aileen for really stepping it out, doing some Inspector Gadget shit, and really catching the bad guy. The shit was awesome. And personally, they all should have blocked him the minute he asked for money. Just say no, and then block. No, block. No, block. Beautiful. And, you know, like, they're not stupid, but at the same time, honey... You know, like, use that beautiful brain God gave you. Put it to use. Context clues. Like, Avi, he is not, like, here for you. He's here for your money. And it's quite clear. And I saw those signs with my ex. That's one of the reasons, like, he was problematic. Because I had recently bought a new car You know, I like to spend money, as everyone does. But, like, there are frugals and there are impulsives. I'm an impulsive. So, I bought a new car. It was more of a necessity. Um, It's nice for me. Like, I love it. I love my car. But I bought it because I knew I could afford it. Um, You know, I'm still living home from home, but also I live in Miami, one of the most expensive rent places. I'm not looking to pay for rent, you know, and he got into my car because Broski did not have a car and that's fine. But the first comment he did, he touched my car and he goes, this is a nice car. And I didn't like that. It was cringy as fuck. And I still joke about it with my best friend. <laughs> um, like, yo, how are you going to get in somebody's car and go, this is a nice car? That's just cringy as fuck. Like, no. And it really just made it more about money. And I, I just, it was not a vibe. And also, like, I was going through some shit, you know, obviously with my mom It was, like, at the worst of the worst when we were dating. And he never really asked about her. And it's, like, not like I wanted him to. But, like, out of common decency, people who I have less contact, like, people who have not touched my body have cared more and asked me about the situation than a person that's supposed to care more about me and my situation. You know what I mean? So there came a point where I was like, okay, I'm done playing with this boy who's just trying to figure out his life and I really don't have time to be someone's babysitter so um this is where I call time of death and that's that on that going back to our point I'm sorry like I'm like delirious at this point but um these women are not stupid they're just having different life experiences even though I think they're very stupid because like who gives out money like this Like, I'm just, why are you giving this man money? He's shown you no sign to give him money. Either way, I digress. I've made my point. I'm just rambling at this point. 
you know, at the end of the day, a con artist, they're going to find your weakness. They're going to find what you want, what you actually need to progress your life. And they're going to exploit that shit. You think they're not going to use every advantage they have to get their claws in you? 100% they are. And on top of that, they steal millions, as we've seen with these two beautiful examples. Millions. I also want millions. So, um, this is my notice. I'm becoming a con artist. If I get in, if, if I get um, arrested, I'll only serve two years in jail, which I feel like is a decent payoff because then I'll get a movie made about me and I'll be famous. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm too honest to be a con artist. It's just facts. Um, but yeah, that's my take on these two most interesting documentaries oh my god can we talk about the turnaround time for documentaries these days like it's fascinating um also you know that's my take it's been a time my brain is swimming in all this information i'm re-downloading essentially um i take thorough notes i realize this now and it's a lot (laughs) i wrote I don't understand how you could be so fucking blind. I was really mad at her. Like, Cecile, get it to fucking together, bro. Her and Pernilla. Pernilla was like, you know, the spark just wasn't there. And I'm like, yeah, so was his attention to you. Like, you really should have seen that. And then Eileen was like, oh. But I'm glad these girls caught him. And he's served his jail time. Because he's still, I think, serving. No, he's out, I think. And I find that hilarious. He didn't comment on his own situation. I'm sorry. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, I wrote it here. Four things, money, power, image, love. Yeah. You know, you can swindle a swindler, but just be careful who you trust. That's a person with trust issues. Always be careful. Because you never know what that person truly wants from you. Is it sad that I said that? It sounds really sad. But it's facts, bro. Like, there's too many examples in the world for me not to think that's some sort of true innocence, you know? Um. Okay, this is my last goodbye. I'm Hispanic. Like, just deal with it. I'm sorry. Um, that's my thought on that. I hope you guys somewhat enjoyed this episode, um, and my deliriousness. I thank you for pulling up a chair and coming to the chaos with a dash of reason. And, you know, we're on Spotify right now. I don't know about the whole Apple music situation. I really don't care for it. I'm a Spotify girl myself. Um, there's an email in the description that will... You can email if you want to talk to me, if you want to tell me anything, comments, if you want to tell me how much you hate the show, love that. If you tell me how much you love the show, also love that. And um, if you want to contribute topic ideas, I'm totally open for this or any kind of things that you think would benefit, um, like segments you would want to see or like weird shit. I don't fucking know. Um, just like anything, um, it's really open and 
Um, it's in the show notes. I'm losing my point, as you can tell. And I'm sorry, but <laughs> thanks for coming. I hope you have a great time. Um, and have a great, amazing day, weirdos. And make the most of it. All right, bye.